Custom Car Care. All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Miss Sarah, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. We are going to do a little different show, I suppose. We've got some listener questions or comments. Yes. Before we get into that, if you have questions and comments, Sarah, how do they get them in here to the old studio so we can talk about them? The best way to do it is to reach out to us on our text line. That is 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on the KSGF Facebook page. That is at 1041KSGF. And just write us your question. I will see it. And eventually I will get to it and we'll get it on air for you. Excellent. So if you're like maybe wondering about something that's going on with your car, obviously diagnosing it over the uh, radio waves here would be a little difficult. But I will give you some insights in the testing that most likely or, you know, if there's a pattern failure and there's some experience that we have with that, we will do that. But a lot of the questions are about products or tools and stuff like that. So pretty broad range. Um, you probably won't find anybody that's more obsessed with the right tool for the right job as I am. So if you've got some thoughts or even something new to the industry, definitely, definitely let us have it. So Sarah, where do you want to start today? Well, I think I'm going to start with one of the newest questions. It's more of a comment, really. But we got this last week, and it's from Brother Jim, and he said, because of your suggestions to have a portable air compressor and a jumper booster, I got one of each for my wife's car and for my Harley. And I also got an LED magnet base warning light. Good job instructing. Well, that's awesome, Brother Jim. I, uh, I have had that save my butt so many times. And as well as, you know, as I get older and the family grows, I want them to have that as well because we're not always with them all the time. So great idea as far as, you know, going ahead and getting the the warning light. And the fact that you bring it on your Harley is just brilliant. Um, If you are a motorcyclist and you don't have some extra way to jumpstart that bike off, you know, the the old days of the Magneto and the Kickstart really are kind of, You know, I won't say they're gone, but they're very, very far and few in between. So pretty much everybody's electric start. So as small as they are, they're very easy to find a cubby hole or some kind of a way to secure it to your bike. And then as you go through your vehicles, you know, we have one in each vehicle. Now I have some smaller units for our gas four and six cylinder vehicles. The only thing I will kind of put in there is, you know, we have a couple of diesel vehicles and I buy bigger units to make sure and jump them off and get them fired up. God forbid we have an issue. So excellent, excellent. I'm very happy to hear that. That leads me to a question of my Mm -hmm. own. Where does one go to have a motorcycle serviced in Springfield? So I... Uh, one of the main ones, there's Gene's Gallery out there on oh, Glenstone. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I've never dealt or done any business with them, but I hear great things about them. Um, a lot of folks go to, you know, whatever factory dealer they got it from. I, I not that the dealers don't do a fine job. I have bought uh, some things from Honda, the Ozarks. They're the only ones I have some experience with, and they've done a very good job for me. So. You know, it's just like everything else. It depends on who's running that facility, whether it's an independent like Gene's Gallery or it's a dealership, you know, it's Honda, the Ozarks, Harley-Davidson, whatever the case may be. Um, But they're busy and there are some shortages right now. So you need to plan some of your maintenance or repairs accordingly to make sure you're in good shape. But that's an awesome question. 
Yeah, I never even thought about it because, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you guys deal in the uh, world of cars, yep. but I never thought about motorcycles. It makes sense that there would be other dealerships and different types of shops mm-hmm. for that. Uh, our next question is from Roger in Springfield, and I got this probably two weeks ago now. Okay. We were talking about oil, I mm-hmm. believe, and he wants to know the difference between oil-based and fuel-based deposits. There is... Uh... It's basically all a carbon base. When you look and like really get down to the bottom of it, you know, we refine all of our fuels from fossil fuels, obviously, as well as that's where a lot of our oils come from. So fuel-based deposits versus oil-based deposits in in kind of the big scheme of things are very similar, but I'm going to deal with them in a couple of different ways. Now, Way back in the day, people would have a lot more carbon-based deposits because the engines didn't normally consume as much oil as they do now. So if we had a carboning problem, it was most commonly based from poor quality gasoline that we were getting back you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. But it was port injected then, so there was always kind of a amount of fuel running over the valves, which is kind of a little bit of a long-winded explanation, but I think it's a fantastic question. So because it, that fuel was constantly running over the valves, it wouldn't typically deposit as much fuel or carbon-based deposits from the gasoline. It would happen if you had an EGR, which is an exhaust gas recirculation issue, Or if you were, for whatever reason, the lower end was worn out and you were burning a lot of oil, you would get a lot of hard deposits from that. But really, the deposits haven't been a problem up until the point where they switched from port fuel injection to direct injection, which is spraying it instead of into the intake system, directly into the combustion chamber like a diesel. So now, along with low-tension piston rings, we have a tremendous, and I I cannot express how bad the oil-based deposits from burning all that oil getting into the combustion chamber are, as well as now there's no gasoline with natural detergents. I'm sure a lot of you out there have heard that. Natural detergents dissolving those deposits with the fuel flowing through the intake because it's directly into the combustion chamber milliseconds before the spark plug lights it off, and then that fuel is now gone. So it's not able to do its job. So very long-winded answer. I understand that. But the the base deposits are not necessarily much different. The amount of deposits due to the amount of oil that modern engines burn right out of the box, new, low miles, uh, late model vehicles, is from the oil deposits. And that's actually where we're getting most of that stuff. So we have special equipment, and you can look at There's lots of different information. Um, I'm constantly looking at what the very best uh, practices, approaches for our company of how we deal with that. And we have a very good way that we use uh, basically detergent-based solvents with a special machine to get those deposits out of there. Back in the day, you could pour something in the gas tank, and if it's good, and I'm not talking about like the snake oil stuff, there is some good products out there that would clean those deposits up through the normal fuel delivery system. Since it has changed, that no longer has as much of an effect. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but I am saying that it doesn't do the same because it's delivered in a different manner. So being able to get those deposits off the valve train, 
off of the cylinder face. It's a very design combustion event in there. And when you get a lot of carbon inside the cylinder, you will notice a decrease in fuel economy, decrease in performance, and it happens over time. Once we do a service on one that has been kind of neglected or, or you know overlooked for a while, and we restore it back to its ability to have good, effective, uh, designed combustion, because it truly is a designed combustion event, it's amazing the difference in throttle response, performance, fuel economy that we get back out of these vehicles. And all Shearly we're doing is being able to dissolve in a very safe manner a tremendous amount of deposits. So hopefully that answered the question. Not super big difference. It's mainly the amount of deposits we're getting due to the design of late model engines. So I know that was a little bit winded. Hopefully that made sense. Did I make any sense? You on know that what? One? I have absolutely no idea what you were talking about. Oh, well, at least you're honest. I appreciate you that, know, that is <laughs> that is what I'm here for. What I should do is the next one that I have, if you happen to be in the old neighborhood of one of our A1 Customs, I normally what I do is I bore scope it. And I've got a pretty, I'd say, moderately expensive, uh, very small camera, kind of like when you watch these hostage negotiating things that the FBI, they drill that little bitty hole and then they get a look into the room. Um, so I have one of those cameras. It's actually very, very cool. And so the way I kind of determine whether my system's working or not or whatever our approach is, is I will do before and afters on most of that stuff. And so when we make a recommendation to a customer, that's a lot of times what I'm basing it off of. There is scan data that I will make that um, recommendation, but a lot of times I can look at it before, during, and after my service and see how you know well I was able to get rid of those deposits or if it's so bad, sometimes I have to do two different services to it. So if you're ever around, I'll, I'll try and – it's a pretty cool thing. I don't know. It's a little nerdy, but – once you see it kind of all cleaned up, I get a lot of satisfaction out of what I was able to do. Sarah and I are up against our first break. we got plenty more to talk about after this. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. Welcome back, Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Talking about kind of, I guess, some uh, questions or thoughts from the audience today. Yes. It is uh, definitely a, you know, it's been a seller's market for so long, and we're talking couple years at this point and i don't think we're out of the seller's market side of things but i was doing a little uh kind of digging over the weekend sarah and could you take a stab at how many automotive repossessions happened the last couple of months oh goodness i couldn't imagine and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give a number because i don't want to be way out there but i'm gonna assume that we're seeing an uptick in it oh, yeah. especially with the way that inflation is going yeah so it, it is really kind of blowing up. Now, we don't see those in the, the uh, used market right away. They have to kind of go through a titling process mm -hmm. and get all the stuff cleaned up. And essentially what happened, and the way the article explained it, is there was so much money just flooded in the last two years, you know, the general population, if you will, that when people would go in and try and get a loan because we were getting these stimulus checks and you know, forbearance and all that stuff. People had a lot of extra non-earned um, income, I guess would be the way to say it, that they qualified for cars, A, that they normally would not have qualified for, and B, they were able to buy them and make the payments because we had these stimulus checks coming in. 
And so that's why we're starting to see. So they flooded. Obviously, people had the FOMO, the fear of missing out. And the car market got just decimated for many reasons, semiconductors, chips, etc. But people also had the money to buy them. So they did. And they flooded down and they went ahead and forked it over. I was looking at the average payment, automotive payment, and it's up over $700. That's almost as much as my house payment. And so when I think about that, and I make a decent living, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm like broke and panhandling out here. I'm doing well. But I don't want a $700 a month car payment. And that's the average. So that tells me, yeah, there's some people paying less. So if you're out there and you got a three, $400 a month payment, that kicks butt. That's fantastic. But that also tells me there's a lot of folks out there paying that thousand, twelve, fifteen hundred a month car payment. Now, I guess you could say you could live in it if you had to, but I sure don't want to do that. And I don't want anybody I know to have to do that. So when I guess I bring this whole long spiel up is that the repo market does service a lot of the used car pre-owned inventory. So there will be an influx coming once they can start a finding the vehicles, getting them repossessed, start the paperwork process, which does take a few months. Um, I uh, buy, I've, Sarah, do you know that I have a thing about trailers? What? I know. No. I love trailers. <laughs> so I got a trailer guy, Pat out at Sandcrest has treated me very, very well. Fantastic place. But even I know they have seen some of it and I'm sure all uh, retail folks have seen, you know, people come in and they purchase it. They make a few to maybe a year or two's worth of payments. And then, you know, all that free money's gone. So all that inventory is starting to come back. So, uh, if you do need something, and this is not sponsored or paid by Sandcrest, they do a hell of a good job out there. So very thankful for Pat, but the long story short is it's going to swing away from a seller's market and we're still in the, the seller's market right now, but I'm starting to see it ease up, and there's starting to be some inventory. Even in the housing market, the automotive market, it'll get to the point where the used market, I'm not. it's not definitely there in the new market, but the used market, there will start to be some options out there. And really, as a buyer, that's what you're after. You want some options. And right now, it's been, if you don't pretty much walk in there you know, sign on the dotted line or throw down the money for the vehicle, by the time you come back and have, you know, done your due diligence, it's gone. And that's a very difficult situation to have to deal with. It's really kind of depressing and exhausting where you're like, really? You know, this is not how it used to be. When I was a kid, I mean, there were vehicles that would sit there for a few weeks and you had some options and there'd be 10 or 12 of them. So if you wanted a specific color, if you wanted this or that, and I really think that that's what the new car manufacturing is going to go to. You know, the days of having, you know, 40 F-150s or Chevy Silverados to pick out are really probably not going to come back, I think, for a long, long time. That's a lot of money somebody's got tied up in all that inventory out on their lot. And so kind of where they're at now is it's more feasible and economical, I think, and profitable probably, that they're almost, you know, prioritizing the the ordered ones or the built to order over just having normal inventory and they're still doing a good enough business or volume and folks are waiting that six, eight, twelve weeks, whatever it is, 
to get those vehicles. So it's, it's kind of gone back to the way it was. And I always thought when I was a kid, you know, back in the day when mass production really kind of came out, that it was really cool that you could order the options you wanted. I mean, you look at some of these, these classic or chasing classic cars or, or uh, Collins Brothers Jeep that goes out and does a lot of, you know, buying up vintage special uh, unicorn vehicles. And you look at their build sheets and they basically were able to spec out the transmission, engine, you know, combination, what kind of trim, if it, you wanted a column shift, floor shift, you wanted manual, automatic. And, you know, as I grew up through the 80s and 90s, that really wasn't the same thing. I mean, that went away. You pretty much went up and bought what they had. And if you wanted to special order something, it was almost a pain in the butt. But it's really swung back the other way, which I'm kind of really excited about. I mean, at some point in time in the next few years, I'd really like to have a brand new truck. Um, I've never went out and bought a brand new vehicle. I got a brand new tractor, which I'm very, very pleased that that was the decision that I went. It's absolutely awesome to run a new piece of equipment like that. But when you get on Ford or Chevy, and I'm sure Dodge and everybody else has got it too, you can spec exactly what you want. If I want a tow package, if I want gas or diesel, what size, you know, wheels and tire combination package, so I can dial it in to fit what it is I'm looking for, which is absolutely awesome. Sarah, would you ever think that that was kind of something fun to do? Or are you just kind of like, oh, I, you know, this is cool. I have got on a couple of different uh-huh. websites and like built my dream yeah. vehicle. I did it with the uh, Ford Bronco. And uh-huh. I'm also a sucker for Volkswagen Beetle Bugs. I oh have, gosh. I know. I, I don't know. know if you and I can be friends now, Sarah. I love them. I just, you know what? <laughs> I When I was a kid, I used Her to watch. Love bugs? Yes. I knew it. And I just always wanted um, an old school okay. Volkswagen Beetle Bug. So I can get on board. Not that my I got to get on board for you to have any cars. But uh, the old school ones, I definitely see the appeal. They're they cool. They really are. And I saw a guy, right? Uh, he had a convertible one in the last few weeks. And, man, that guy had the biggest smile on his face driving around Springfield. And it was awesome. There, There's nothing that sounds like an air-cooled uh Volkswagen engine. I mean, it's just kind of got that little, almost sounds like the Jetsons space vehicle. Yes. <laughs> so it's it's definitely cool. So the the old ones, yeah, I can see the appeal. The new ones, really, I just am frustrated with a lot of the designs they did in them and the serviceability of them. I've actually worked on several of the old ones over the years, and a lot of the buses, honestly, has is, is been probably what I've worked on more. Um, yeah, they're just something different. They're They're... The craftsmanship and the design that went into them, uh, yeah, you you had me say something good about a Volkswagen. Oh, so. there we go. Well See, done, Sarah. I If I was going to buy one, I want one that is sunshine yellow. Really? Yes. That's your color, huh? Yeah, I could just see myself in a sunshine yellow Volkswagen Beetle Bug. I'll learn how to drive the manual. That's what, so that was going to be, my, you almost like read my mind. So. <laughs> Would that be worth you learning oh, to do absolutely. it and you would do it? Yes. Those actually are a good one to learn in. Um, you know, some of the vehicles that people will teach folks to drive a manual in, you shouldn't learn in those vehicles. Um, but a Volkswagen would be a really good one. The clutch engagement and the engine performance is uh, is pretty easy. It, it's not super easy to kill that. You know, if I was going to teach you in, you know, like a big old truck or something, 
that would be pretty tough. So that would be a very good one. I bet you would really enjoy that, you know, being able to cruise around. I will say they're not a great winter car. Do you know how they get heat inside the car because there's no coolant? Mm-mm. So there's no antifreeze, and that's how most engines cool. But they, as a byproduct, they pump that antifreeze inside the the cab, and it blows through a heater core, and that's how we get heat. Those, obviously, being air-cooled, there's no antifreeze or liquid to do that with. And so they kind of have these ducts that typically, you know, fall apart over time. But they kind of trap the heat or the air that comes around the veins in the cylinder head. And then that hot air that's blowing across those, they pipe it inside the cab, and that's huh. how you stay warm in the Interesting. winter. Interesting. It's a lot different design. Um, you have to be careful with those. You know, you, they don't like to sit in traffic where it's super hot. They really like to be kind of moving. So you have to be mindful. But pretty robust. Um, they've done a very good job for a long time. But we're down at the bottom of the hour. Sarah and I will be back in a moment. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back, Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, we got some uh, more questions out there we should work through? Yeah, we got one more question, and it was one that kind of made me think, hmm, yeah, I do kind of wonder what Dustin thinks about it. Uh, a listener had texted us and asked about all of the little shops that are popping up, like the quick lube mm-hmm. five-minute oil changes, and they just wanted to have your thoughts on those. Okay, well... I got plenty of thoughts <laughs> on those. So if you are an owner and operator of one of those quick lubes and you do a good job, my hat's off to you. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. But I see the consequences and the damage that happens with a lot of them that are not. So their kind of normal business practice, if you will, is to get you in and out as quick as possible and to upsell some of the, you know, easy service items in there. So air filter, cabin air filter, you know, maybe some basic fluid exchanges, um, you know, basic maintenance stuff. But what I see, not all of them, I've got a dear friend that has one up by Fort Leonard Wood. He runs a Valvoline instant oil change, and I guarantee that shop's extremely well run. But that's going to be the unicorn. That's going to be one of the rare ones, Okay. What we typically end up with is because that shop is not capable of doing mechanical service and maintenance, they have folks that are underqualified doing the service because it's a minimum, you know, I don't say minimum wage, but it's probably on the lower end of the pay spectrum. As well as the the seasoned technicians, there's enough of a demand that you're probably not going to find yourself working in one of those facilities. Now, I've had friends that have done this for a long time and it gets hard on their body and they get out of doing the, the physical part of it and then they'll step into running one of those facilities. That's probably still very rare. Those are normally corporate run and they're run by the numbers, not what's best for the customer and the vehicle. Now, that's just a, I know that's a bold statement, but that's my experience. So what I see happens is you have people that are not adequately, let alone overqualified to do the service, and then very significant collateral damage happens. So if I'm making an investment of, let's do even on the low end, $40,000 for a vehicle, and that's not, you know, in the big scheme of things, I sure am not going to skimp on the little things because I want that $40,000 vehicle to last as long as possible. So my experience and how we do things differently is typically our people doing the maintenance services, the 
oil changes, tire rotation, tire services. They're extremely seasoned technicians, and they're very well taken care of. Because I want to make sure that, hey, as you roll out here, you're in good shape. And when you go pick up your family and your kids and you're towing your boat or camper down to the lake or you go into the doctor in your minivan, whatever the case may be, that you are taken care of. I do not want somebody hurrying through my service in a 10-minute or less oil change. A, I want all the as much of the nasty old oil out as possible because I do not want what residue is left in there or significant amount that's left in there contaminating my new expensive high quality oil. Okay? So I want that system drained for a significant amount of time to where my new oil is not already having to suffer some of the damage that was in the old oil or the breakdown. Secondly, I want to make sure that if there's something else going on that A, it is identified and B, the person that identifies it is capable and been well-trained and had the experience to say, hey, I noticed this certain fluid that's leaking under here. You probably need to be aware of that. Or, hey, you're getting real close on your brakes or your tires or this mount is broken. That's worth a tremendous amount to me as a consumer, not just because we've got several shops. There's plenty of broken cars out there. I really don't have to look too hard if we're good at what we do to identify things to keep people safe. Okay. I don't want to, and I still do a lot of oil changes to this day. I am not going to hurry through that because I want to be your ambassador of what it is that your, your state or condition of the vehicle is right now. You really don't get the opportunity to walk under and do a good thorough inspection for most people. You don't have typically a lift, and I know there's some people out there that do, that we can raise it up and do a good evaluation to say, hey, you're in great shape. You're you're good to go for the next three to 5,000 miles. A lot of times that gets overlooked if you're trying to rush through that in 10 minutes. And I consider myself a very good technician. Sure, I could probably do a 10-minute oil change. But I'm not going to sacrifice the quality for the quantity. I will not do it. And that's what you get when you go to have a real technician service your vehicle versus a typically entry-level person. And everybody's got to get their start somewhere. I hope that as they get their start, they're mentored with a good seasoned person that takes care of business and shows them and teaches them the ropes. Because if not, you as the consumer get to experience their lack of experience. Okay? Hopefully that makes sense out there. I'm not really hating on the quick lubes. If you run a good, solid, whatever business, I don't even care if it's in a different field. If you're running a good business, I applaud you for that because there's a lot of folks out here not. You know, there's plenty of bad healthcare folks out there um, that really kind of sh- put a shadow over the great healthcare folks. I'm sure there's some fairly good quick lubes out there that overshadow, uh, or I'm sorry, in the shadow of a lot of the negative ones out there. So, what we do with ours and how we make the customer a part of it is we do a digital inspection. And I don't talk about that probably as much as I should, but we are able to, as we do your maintenance service, we will take some photo, video, and notate some documentation of the condition of your vehicle while it's there. And even if you're not there with us, 
we can email or text that to you and we it, it's archived so if there's a new leak that wasn't there before we can go back through the history and we know the cars that we service on a regular basis you know it almost becomes part of our fleet if you will you know as we take care of and continue to to get many many miles out of a vehicle so I don't want to skimp on the cost of service on my forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollar vehicle, and I sure don't want to hurry through it. You don't win in that instance, you know. If maybe I, I got an extra five or ten minutes because they did a, a super quick oil change, but if my truck or car doesn't make it and it shaves off miles of its life or it's in the shop because of some collateral damage, I just don't see the win in that, and I won't do it. I've had folks come in and be like, yeah, I got to get so-and-so, you know, I just need an immediate oil change right now, and I got to be out here in seven minutes. I'm sorry, but this is not the place. I will make sure that the oil's full and adequate, but in your best interest, I am not going to rush through that process. So that was quite a uh, soapbox answer, I suppose. Do you agree, Sarah? You know, I don't think I've ever actually used one of those oh. quick lubes. Okay. I I've always used either of the mechanic uh, that I was previously using. Who was very good, by yes. the way. Very, and very good. the only reason why I quit using them is because I moved to Springfield mm-hmm. on the south side of town. And so I switched to A1 shortly mm-hmm. after that. And I've just been with A1 ever since. So, But I know that if you guys, if I had a emergency that you guys just could not fit me in, I would go right back to him. Yeah. He does a great job. Yeah, I have never used one, I don't think, so. Well, I applaud you for that. (laughs) (laughs) I I, Locally here in Springfield, maybe there's a couple that are doing a good job I'm not familiar with, Um, but they have changed hands. Several of them has changed hands recently, and I've noticed that kind of being a trend lately. A lot of the the chains are kind of trying to, you know, move into that quick loop market. And if they do a good job, that's awesome. They really are popping up all over Springfield. I know that there's one that's coming up at, I believe, Glenstone and uh, Kearney. Okay. I know that there's one also over by Menards Mm -hmm. over on that side street next to Highway 65. I believe that's one of those. And another thing I've noticed that's popping up around Springfield quite a bit is like car washes have you noticed that they are building some car washes yeah and don't get me wrong i like me a a very nice clean car but have you noticed they're mostly the full service ones like it's hard to find and i like washing my own truck so i typically don't go and as well as i'm driving a larger commercial vehicle um, a lot of those drive-through car washes don't like a flatbed truck they're not designed for it the width of it uh, or a utility box, which is what I run on my, my service truck here. So um, it's not that I won't run through one, you know, our excursion. I'll take that through there once in a while. I like to keep it, you know, as, as nice and polished as possible. But I really like a good quality, um, you know, manual car wash. And I'll be honest, I do actually, I have my favorite manual car wash, and it's in Aurora, Missouri. And so I'm over there from time to time with my kids and I typically stop in there. The gentleman that either manages or owns it, I'm not sure. And I think it's like a Pacific Bay. I, that may not be the right. It's right next to the Casey's by Price Cutter in Aurora. Um, but they have the best. He does a very good job. He's actually there most of the time during the day. So if you have any kind of an issue, he, typically you don't even have to go tell him. He's watching close enough that if it eats your dollar, he's already figured that out. And he's coming out making sure and gets taken care of you. So... 
just I don't know. This is free shout out day, I guess. But that guy <laughs> runs an awesome car wash out there. So, on that note, we're gonna step into a break. We'll be right back in a moment. Your complete car care solution, A One Custom Car Care. Welcome back. We got just a little bit more time, Sarah. I'm I'm gonna drag this onto the show, so I'm gonna ask you. Talking in the uh, off air, how's the used car experience going? Well, I don't want to jinx myself, but I think I found a vehicle. Yeah, I think so. So, so I'm I'm excited about it. The husband has been awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, he has been one. taking a look at vehicles for me while I'm at work. And, you know, just with our schedules right now and the little one, mm-hmm. it's more difficult to get out and actually test drive a vehicle and actually get it to a pre-purchase inspection and then set for hours on end to fill out paperwork. Oh, yeah. So he has been awesome to take vehicles for pre-purchase inspections. But let me tell you, I had kind of a crummy situation. And I want to uh, preface this by saying I am not all doom and gloom, but I am going to drag out my soapbox, which I don't do terribly often. (laughs) So I found a vehicle, it was last week, that I really liked. And I actually showed you photos of it. And that's actually what prompted us to talk about Carfax on the show last Mm -hmm. week was I had checked some of the Carfax and I had seen where this vehicle was from and I felt comfortable that it was in an area that it wouldn't see too much rust or too much uh, wear and tear due to weather-related issues. So I went ahead and I looked at it and first I filled out an online form and I put, you know, my phone number and my email and all of this stuff and I scheduled an appointment to drive it. And I get to the dealership that is selling it And they had none of that information on file, which is like, whatever. I thought I was saving myself 20 minutes. So fill out all of this information and I take this vehicle on a test drive and I like it. And there was a couple of things that I wanted to have you guys check out, but I felt really confident that it was going to be a good fit for me. So we get back to the dealership and we sat down and I said, I would really like to take this vehicle for a pre-purchase inspection. The salesman says, oh, we can't do that. And I said, why? Red flag. I said, why not? And he said, we just don't do that. And I said, go ask your manager. Yeah. So he comes back and he says, well, my manager just wants to know why you want to do a pre-purchase inspection. So I told him the horror story of the husband and I looking at a Toyota Tacoma that was at another dealership here in Springfield. And and Sarah, these are big dealerships, right? Yes, this isn't some hole in the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I told him about the horror of us looking at the Toyota Tacoma um, a couple months ago. And basically, we saw one that was absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. It rode well. It was very nice. And then you guys took it in and the whole frame was completely rusted. And we found out that it would cost 12 grand Mm -hmm. to fix and there was no recalls. So that would have been out of our own pocket. So thankfully, we did a Mm pre-purchase inspection. So I told the kid uh, that horror story. And uh, then he proceeded to ask me, well, what all is entailed (laughs) in a pre-purchase? You don't think he should have known a little bit of, you know, kind of what you look at on a used car? Yeah, just a little bit. So I uh, schooled him on what a pre-purchase inspection is. He finally got the okay that I could take it. So I got one scheduled. Thank you guys, by the way, for squeezing me in well potentially squeezing me in so anyways i then asked him i said can i put a deposit down on this vehicle to hold it until i can get my pre-purchase done and he said no 
And I said, why not? And he said, we just don't do that. I was like, okay. Potentially anybody can just walk in here after I've scheduled all of this stuff and purchase it. And he goes, yeah, I'm sorry. That's just the risk that you take. And husband went on Monday to go pick it up to take it over for the pre-purchase. And they were looking for the vehicle and they found out it was sold. No call, no nothing to no. say, hey, sorry, so sold I'm the car. super disappointed, but I am very thankful. I will not buy a vehicle without a pre-purchase inspection simply because I have had that happen with yeah. that Toyota. I mean, well, we well, could have bought it. And I think we looked at a couple more that had come from salty environments yeah. for you and just, hey, you're buying trouble in, in those exactly. instances. And we... You know, essentially, you're looking to have the vehicle for a while. I'm looking to make sure you get a good vehicle because typically we're probably going to be the one servicing most of it. I don't want to make my life harder or your life more expensive because you're having problems that were foreseen if somebody would have just looked and said, hey, you know, the service life of this vehicle is going to be very difficult because it's really decayed or it's been in an accident or it's had, you know, a lot of botched repairs or flood vehicles. I had one the other day, the kid signed on the dotted line before he come and saw us and I can see the water line in the trunk. And so we're doing, you know, he owns it now. So we're trying to fix all these crazy electrical gremlins and repairs so a lot of times you buy those problems if you don't, you know, do everything you possibly can on the front side. So I know it's uh, frustrating, but I, I have yet to see to where it's not in somebody's benefit to go through and really stick to your guns on it. And sometimes, and I've shared this before, people will get frustrated because they'll shoot down two or three of their first vehicles that they really like aesthetically. You know, you kind of said that earlier that, you know, a lot of people buy off of the way it looks or how cold the AC or how awesome the stereo or the rims. And then you buy all this trouble that, you know, had you known that on the front side, A, maybe you still buy the vehicle, but you're able to negotiate down on cost. So that's a, I really applaud you guys. And I I hope and pray that, you know, it's, we end up with a great long-term vehicle yes. for you and, and, and Ryan and your little ones. So. Yeah, and hopefully the one that we are looking at, I did get the good graces of A1 that yep. it was a pretty good vehicle. This one that I'm looking at currently is a 2018 Hyundai Kona, mm-hmm. and I know that you guys haven't had too much experience with them. I looked them up on the National Traffic Highway Safety Administration's website, and they have pretty good reviews. Mm-hmm. I believe they've had like 54 complaints. So all in all, that's not terrible no. seeing the fact that it's a first generation and mm-hmm. it came out in 2018. It's had some time to really kind of show yep. some of the, the bad that could potentially lead to problems down For the sure. road. So I think that maybe this is going to be the one. Well, I'm excited. Well, For thank you. you. I'm excited too. Have you or are you thinking about, have you tried to move the car seat over and, and get the little human in and out of it at all? You know what? I have not. So I haven't actually even seen oh, this vehicle. Okay. Yes. Once again, the husband has been awesome yeah. at just going around for dealerships and <laughs> looking at vehicles for me so that's awesome yes this will be the first time i see it uh, well congratulations Thank hopefully you. this works out to be the right i'm one. gonna trust him so yeah we'll see he's he's got good taste so i, I hope think so you're in well shape. you know he married me that's right see <laughs> there you go hey i feel like we should end this oh, show yep. on so, a good note or a positive note we we like that i we have all that. kinds of stories but i pulled this one i haven't even fully read it mm. i I'm doing the the thing where I just read the headline here, but I liked the headline. So this is 
a Fox News story, free gas for a year announced by Advance Auto Parts oh with Drive of Your Life contest. Ooh. I could use free gas for a year. How Wouldn't about you? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, right? So it says, sharing your favorite road trip to social media could win you a year of free gasoline as Americans have faced higher gas prices in 2022. That's full show. I feel like I could win this. I have Do been it. on so many road trips. You would, and you would enter like how you would write it or type it out. I guarantee it would be a very well done story. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that would be it. awesome. So it says Advanced Auto Parts, Inc., an American car parts provider based in North Carolina, has launched a Drive of Your Life contest that'll give drivers a chance at winning a year's worth of gas from Shell. The company's offer is a part of Advance Auto's 90th anniversary, which it's calling an advancery. Oh, oh. wow. That's cute. <laughs> now, consumers can enter the gas giveaway with a road trip photo submission from Wednesday, July 13th through Sunday, July 31st. So you've got a little bit yeah, of time. Yeah, for sure. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Let me see here. They can be entered on Twitter or Instagram, and the posts must include a hashtag drive of your life contest, and they must tag the accounts Advanced Auto or Advanced Auto Parts. So if you are wanting... Some free gas. Could you imagine, like, if you won the free gas, what would you do? I would, road trip? It'd have to be a road trip. Probably, yeah. yeah. But just getting back and forth to work, it'd be nice. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was thinking that. I'd be like, well, I'd go to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of fun. So, yeah, you can enter that on the uh, social media of Advanced Auto Parts. I, You know how cool that would be if one of our listeners oh, won that? that would be, yeah, if you win, you got to at least let us know. That yeah, would be you have to cool. at least like take us on a road trip or something. So I don't know how much time. we got a couple minutes? Yeah. Okay. So I know I gripe about diesel on here a lot. Of, and well, fuel prices in general. I thought it was the coolest thing. We had this old farmer stop in the shop. And he's like, yeah. Uh, his son was, I think, out brush hogging or haying or something. And he had run his exhaust pipe under a tree limb and broke it off. And so him and I hit it off immediately. I ended up hooking him up with uh, the pieces he needed, and he was going to do his, his own farm repair. But uh, the moment that him and I got to talking about diesel prices, or he was complaining to Annie that runs our uh, Sunset location, she's like, oh, you and Dustin are going to hit it off. And I was in the next room, and I could hear it because, you know, he's putting up hay right now, which, you know, most farmers, everything that equipment-wise or a bulk of it is diesel-powered. So... You know, he's like, these doggone diesel prizes. And so him and I had a great conversation. <laughs> super, super cool guy. Um, and I appreciate the fact he's out there putting up hay because I know we all got some livestock. And uh, we're going to need to feed them, feed them through the winter. And just putting up hay is expensive this year. I mean, it is really, everything's expensive. That's right. The days of cheap and, and you know, plentiful, unfortunately, for now are gone. So. Well, we are officially out of, out of time. time. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. That's right. Well, if you guys have any questions out there for us, you can give us a text on our text line, 417-447-5743. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your you weekend. Well. Be Bye. safe.